did she do? Woman Jacker, hello. I am Samsara and you are listening to What Did She Do? Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge this podcast is created in Nam on the Boon lands and thank them for allowing us to tell our stories here. What Did She Do? is a weekly podcast which features reviews written by myself and keeps you up to date with live theatre and events in Melbourne. It drops every Sunday. Let's kick off our listings this week at La Mama Courthouse where MIWI 3027 is playing its final show today, the 26th of November. This is an exploration of a friendship inspired by the life of Roland Carter, service number 3027, the first Nagarinjuri man to join the Australian Imperial Forces during World War I and his lifelong friendship with Leonard Adam, a Jewish-German ethnologist. Tickets are available through lamama.com.au. Tonight is also the last night for How Do I Let You Die at Arts House. How Do I Let You Die assembles an extraordinary team of Asian-Australian artists to weave together phone calls, Asian ghost tropes, Hmong horror stories and the simple potency of an adult child coming to terms with a parent's eventual death. Tickets can be booked via artshouse.com.au. Currently playing at the Malthouse Theatre is The Hour of the Wolf, The Cursed Night Approaches, or so the story goes. Let me tell you a story about Hope Hill, a town that time forgot, or perhaps a town that time remembered too well, a town that time took hold of and wouldn't let go, where one night each year, the townspeople must reckon with their debt to the past. The Hour of the Wolf runs through to the 3rd of December and bookings can be made via malthousetheatre.com.au. Who's Gonna Love Em, I Am That I Am is on in the Beckett Theatre and runs through to the 3rd of December. This show is a post-traumatic performance thesis winning the 2021 Patrick White Playwriting Award. Tickets through malthousetheatre.com.au. The other film festival, Resistance, is running through to 7th of December. Ten international and Australian films stream free on Acme Cinema 3 across Australia. Find out more at artsaccess.com.au or visit the cinema3.acme.com. Mamma Mia! The Musical is playing at the Princess Theatre, a celebration of love, laughter and friendship. Mamma Mia! The Musical is a fabulous night out for all ages. The show must close on the 10th of December. Tickets via marinagroup.com.au next month. Look at Ticketek today. Santa Claus has come to town and will be here until December 24. Christmas Under the Big Top is happening at Burnley Oval in Richmond. There is free entry for kids under two, although booking fees do apply. Tickets can be purchased at ticketmaster.com.au or call 0474-220-050. Red opens at the MC Showroom on the 29th of November and runs through to the 1st of December. Red is a tense, reverberating double-hander about painter Mark Rothko at the height of his fame, arrogance and creativity. Bookings through the themcshowroom.com. <laughs> The Long Pigs opens at Theatreworks on the 29th of November and runs through to the 10th of December. Set in a rickety abattoir shack, the pigs are working hard on their latest obsession to rid the world of every last red-nosed clown. Tickets via theatreworks.org.au
insert self is being presented at Chunky Move on the 1st and 2nd of December. This isn't just dance, it's a journey to the crossroads of hip-hop and contemporary dance. Bookings via trybooking.com. The Merchant of Venice will be playing at St Kilda Botanical Gardens from December 1st to the 23rd. This hilarious adaptation breathes new life into a rarely produced work, combining the rich language of Shakespeare's iconic play with the vibrant energy of a musical theatre production. That's guaranteed to dazzle audiences young and old. Tickets via trybooking.com. On the 5th of December, join Arts House for Good Things Come in Threes. It's a party with thrice the fun as they unveil Season 1 for 2024. No bookings necessary. Surat Suratnia opens at La Mama HQ on the 6th of December and runs through to the 17th. This work will appeal to anyone interested in politics and history, bearing witness to a still untold story where millions are estimated to have been massacred in the communist purges in Indonesia. Tickets can be booked through lamama.com.au. The bill is on for one night only on the 7th of December at Dance House. The bill extends the improvised performance realm through the sensibilities of contact improvisation. Book your tickets at dancehouse.com.au. Funeral is opening on the 7th of December for three nights at the Motley Bauhaus. Funeral approaches the biggest mystery of life with all the poetry of a Cardi B lyric and all the journalistic integrity of Total Girl magazine. Tickets through themotley.com.au. The Wacky Wombat takes over St Kilda Botanical Gardens from the 9th to the 23rd of December. This hilarious 60-minute pay-what-you-can show follows the Wacky Wombat on a whimsical adventure across Australia, meeting some larger-than-life characters and learning all about environmental conservation on the way. Tickets via trybooking.com. It's going to be a mighty wild Christmas at Mimo Music Hall on the 16th of December. It will be an unforgettable night of family harmony and rocking rhythms when Wilbur Wilde's clan join forces to celebrate Christmas tickets via Humanitics. The Fun Loving Criminals are kicking off their Australian tour and will be in Melbourne at the Northcote Theatre on the 22nd of December. The Fun Lovin' Criminals are an iconic multi-genre band known for their electric fusion of rock, hip-hop and jazz. Tickets via theprestigeevents.com.au Roald Dahl's Fantastic Mr Fox hits the comedy theatre stage from the 13th to the 21st of January 2024. No one outfoxes a fox. Tickets via marinagroup.com On the 15th of January, the Melbourne Theatre Company presents 17, a wild and wise vision of adolescence where youth and maturity intermingle in every moment. The season runs through to the 17th of February and tickets can be purchased through mtc.com.au. Groundhog Day the Musical is playing for 13 weeks at the Princess Theatre from the 24th of January. This brilliant new production is based on the classic movie and is a parable of love, hope and transformation. For 
or bookings and inquiries, call 1300 111 011. Victorian Opera brings Candida to the Palais from the 8th to the 10th of February. Voltaire's satirical tale of mindless optimism springs to life through a brilliant score from famed West Side Story composer Leonard Bernstein. Tickets can be booked at victorianopera.com.au. The Rocky Horror is back in Australia from the 12th of January and takes residence at the Athenaeum from the 9th of February with Jason Donovan as Frank Inverter and Joel Creasy as the narrator. It's Rocky Horror Show tells the story of Brad and his fiancée Janet, two squeaky clean college kids who meet Dr. Frankenfurter, an extraterrestrial mad scientist from the galaxy of Transylvania, where the people really like to party. Tickets are on sale now at rockyhorror.com.au. On Thursday the 1st of February 2024, a Rational Fear podcast is celebrating its 1,404th download at the Malthouse Outdoor Stage. A Rational Fear brings together Australia's best comedians and experts to laugh at the world around them. Tickets via malthousetheatre.com.au Rejoiceify Melbourne, Wicked is back. Long before Dorothy dropped in, two other young women met in the land of Oz. And room with Miss Galinda. Performances at the Regent Theatre commence from the 6th of March 2024. Bookings via ticketech.com.au or phone 1300-111-011. brings Irish dance sensation Airborne back to Australia. The wait is finally over for all the fans who have anticipated seeing this incredible show. The tour kicks off on April 18 and will do 22 shows across Australia. Tickets are on sale at melonevents.com. Finally, Sunset Boulevard is coming in 2024 and stars international superstar Sarah Brightman. This will be a brand new lavish production of the Tony Award winning musical. You can jump on the waitlist at sunsetmusical.com.au.
My feature review this week is a circus event, Christmas Under the Big Top. The genie is out of the bottle, or perhaps it is more correct to say the Santa is out of the North Pole. Christmas is nearly here, merchandising has already hit the stores, and some people have already put up their Christmas lights. But it's all becoming very real, and just in time, the magic of Christmas has come to Burnley Oval in the form of Christmas Under the Big Top. Christmas Under the Big Top is an unbelievable event full of fun and magic for toddlers with just enough consideration for the parents to make it fun for all. To be honest, part of what makes it fun is how much joy and play the kids get from the activities. This event is possibly the best value for money parents are likely to find in the festive lead-up. There are three circus tents and the journey through them results in a joy-filled, wonder-filled, food-filled night of laughs, screams of excitement and great family memories. The first tent is all about photo opportunities, hands-on activities and play for the kids. There are so many places to take photos with snow people, on thrones, and even in Sesame Street. Yes, the stars of this show are Elmo and Cookie Monster and if you can wait until after the main circus show, you can get your photo with these two megastars of the stage and screen. This first tent also has a fun teacup ride, the clown's arcade game where prizes can be won and activities including playing with stacker blocks, kids can make their own bakery snack and there is even a drawing area. There is popcorn and fairy floss and slushies galore. The most important thing though is there are bouncing castles. There are three in total from what I saw, two in the first tent and one in the food tent so there is bouncing opportunities for every little tyke. As I mentioned, the second tent has a bouncing castle, the food cart with simple foods for kids and kid-carrying parents, and there is also a coffee station for the parents, so don't despair. You can divert outside to an undercover eating area with trestle tables and a sensory station for kids to wander through, and here you will access the all-important facilities. Once seated, you will have the energy and nerve to meander into the third tent. In the third tent lies the wonder and amazement as the circus ring lies waiting for entertainment about to happen. You can wander into this tent at any time, and I think they have kids stuff happening most of the time, but in the last hour all the stops are pulled out and the real circus reveals itself. Circus is always a place of beauty and daring and excitement, and the show under this big top doesn't disappoint. After Elmo and Cookie Monster leave the stage, Mrs. Claus MCs the night as my favourite circus apparatus comes out, the Wheel of Death. As well, we got to see an amazing contortionist, a glorious aerialist on the silks, and OMG, there was the motorcycles in a Christmas bauble. Does anyone remember the movie Roustabout? Three of them at the same time. I nearly fainted in amazement and terror. No wonder it's called the Globe of Death. I took some family members with me, including a little one. Yes, there were moments of tears, mostly from overstimulation and fatigue, but she made it through the whole evening and was smiling at the end. It was almost impossible to get her away from the bouncing castles. She loved the teacups and the family got some wonderful pictures for the photo album. The only downside was the photos with Elmo and Cookie Monster are right at the end of the night because they are performers in the show. This wasn't communicated well, which led to some grumpiness, but the moment eventually arrived and smiles were the outcome. Yes, there is also a Santa for more traditional photo outcomes. If you're looking for fun things to do for Christmas, Christmas Under the Big Top has to be at the top of the list. Ticket prices are low and you can have an amazing time and not spend a cent. If you do have money to spend, most of the stuff you have to pay for is very reasonably priced 
and for example slushy refills are really cheap things that come with ticket price include the activities the teacup ride the bouncing castles and the stage shows let's face it finding things that are fun filled and the full package when it comes to fun times and entertainment for the little ones are hard to come by christmas under the big top is exactly that and children under two are free so get on down to burnley oval and get your christmas spirit under damien syred's big top and I gave Christmas Under the Big Top 4.5 stars. If you'd like to comment on this review, you can go to whatdidshethink.com and have your say in the comments section under the review. You can invite me to review your show through the Contact Me gadget on the left of the page. And now it's time for industry news. Creative Australia has published two important new research reports on creativity and well-being. The first shows that Australians overwhelmingly recognise the role of the arts in supporting health and well-being. And the second explores how we can best support creative practitioners to make these vital contributions. It is estimated that over two in five Australians aged 16 to 85 will experience a mental health illness at some point in their lives. Mental health services cost the Australian government $11.6 billion in 2020 to 2021, while the cost of mental illness to the broader economy has been estimated to be $70 billion. The first research report, Creating Wellbeing, Attitudes and Engagement with Arts, Culture and Health, provides powerful evidence of public support for the idea of arts and creativity benefiting health and wellbeing. The second, Creative Solutions, Training and Sustaining the Arts for Mental Health Workforce, identifies the professional development needs and support structures required to ensure that this work is safe and sustainable for all involved. Two key insights from creating well-being attitudes with arts, culture and health include, firstly, most people agree that engaging in the arts can have a positive impact on their health and well-being, including mental health, social health, physical health, family life, community life and knowledge and skills. Secondly, most respondents are open to arts on prescription. Almost 9 in 10 respondents are either very open or somewhat open to arts on prescription for mental health conditions. Arts on prescription is an innovative practice that seeks to improve overall well-being by including arts engagement as part of the health treatment plan. Two key insights from Creative Solutions Training and Sustaining the Arts for Mental Health Workforce include, firstly, there is an urgent need for models of professional supervision and or a community of care. At present, independent practitioners are often working in isolation without organisational support or sufficient pastoral care and in environments that are highly challenging and complex. And secondly, mentoring is a highly valued source of training in arts for wellbeing practice, providing a structured means of sharing knowledge with attention to the specifics of program context. Mentoring is currently a common source of training for many arts and wellbeing practitioners and could be scaled up and formalised with additional support. For more information, Go to creative.cov.au. A special feature today is an interview with Ruby Rawlings and Claire Taylor about their upcoming show at the Motley Bar House. The show is called Funeral and is on from the 7th to the 9th of December. Bookings via themotley.com.au. My name is Claire Taylor and I'm a writer and a performer. I studied theatre at the Victorian College of the Arts with Ruby. We both graduated in 2020 and since then I've been working as a copywriter and writing and making shows. 
And I like to think that most of them are funny but take on big things in a silly way. So that's kind of the through line, I guess. Uh, Yeah, my name is Ruby. I graduated from the BCA in 2020 with Claire. We studied a Bachelor of Fine Arts in theatre. And since then, I've been involved in a few theatre productions. I've been involved with the Melbourne University Law Review. I directed it last year um, and it won Best New Writing, which was very cool. So coming from a bit of a comedy kind of space, that's all I can think of, really. I find bio so hard. Um, so thanks for taking time to speak with me. I'm very, very excited. Um, so I guess let's let's begin with the really obvious thing. What is is funeral or funeral? How are you pronouncing it? Because it's got the capital if you end. It is funeral. Okay. Um, tell us what funeral is. I guess funeral is a live theatre show. It's non-fiction, but it has some elements of fantasy um, and it's primarily designed to entertain people while kind of introducing a bit of a conversation around the topic of death. Um, So it's a two-hander and it's mostly comedic. Um, We're trying to keep it kind of fun while also opening up this conversation that lots of people find really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's very um, explorative and experiential, I would say. We're kind of guiding them through this, like, 45-minute experience. Um, and, yeah, like Claire said, it's it's silly but a little bit more genuine towards the end and, yeah. So you say that it's nonfiction. So is this, like, something that happened to one of you or...? Like, when, when, we, when we say it's non-fiction, I guess what we mean is that it's not like we're playing characters. We're just playing heightened versions of ourselves. But there are some fantastical, like, made-up elements in the um, script and in the show. But, yeah, we're not we're not pretending to be other people. We're just being Claire and Ruby performance version. No, I was just going to say, I guess when we say um, non-fiction, we're trying to stay away from saying non-narrative which sometimes people um is a term that people will use because it still very much has a narrative um but it's just not a fictionalized one but uh to answer your question about whether it's directly about like a personal story no that's not the backbone of the show though elements of our lives definitely come into the humor and the fantasy okay and and so where does funeral sit um in terms of um sitcom versus theater like, it sounds like somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Mm, that's an interesting question. I feel like it's like, because you're asking about the genre, right? Yes, yeah. Sort of like when they come, if somebody comes to see the show, um, you know, is it sketches? Is it, um, I mean, you say it has a narrative, uh, but that it's potentially not in that fully formed theatrical art that you might get in theatre? Yeah, well, I mean, before when I said it's like it's experiential, when we've Mm -hmm. made the show, it's as a 45-minute experience for the audience. So the from the beginning to the end, it's like every scene we're thinking about how we want the audience to feel about the subject matter in each section. So for me, that's like how the arc travels and how... 
I guess it would be different from a more classic kind of sitcom type show. And why did would you, you choose agree? death as a topic? Like that's, um, I like the idea of the, you know, talking about death and keeping it light and fantastical, but, but how did you decide on that? Yeah, well, um, Claire, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. So we actually did a, we actually picked this topic ages ago. So we did an iteration of this show while we were studying together at university um, and we did it in 2020. And the reason that we picked death then was because obviously everybody was going through the epidemic and there was this kind of really present fear of mass illness and mass death. Um, so we were really interested in that and also kind of a, a twin subject to death often is a time because death is, you know, the big deadline for all of us. Um, and our relationship to time during COVID was obviously really different. Like we were swimming, we had so much of it. And then we decided to pick back up the show and our relationship to both of those topics has completely changed um, since 2020. So we picked death initially for those reasons and then it's kind of changed since then okay so in 2020 was the show performed or was it one yeah. of the casualties of the lockdown it was live virtual theater so it was performed live with an audience and it wasn't recorded so it was still live theater but in you know a virtual space mm-hmm. and so then what's um what has prompted you to pick this up again and relook at it and reinterrogate it? I mean, I just find it endlessly interesting. It's it's scary and it's overwhelming and it's relevant to everyone regardless of age or what they've experienced or haven't experienced. And that's just fascinating to me. It always kind of has been so yeah, and I'm like, it's very humbling approaching it as two like writers and makers because some a lot of this stuff feels so hard to put into words, and that's a challenge that's like worthy of, you know, trying. I, yeah. And if you had to talk, um, identify, say one or two things that have you said, you know, you said that your perspective has changed since 2020. Um, can you identify one or or two things that? are just really kind of different in terms of how you're looking at the topic and the, the performance? I mean, yeah, apart from the fact like, that it's live and, and, you know, in real life this time as opposed to being on screen. <laughs> for mm. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's obviously a huge change in the medium. Um, but in terms of, like, our personal perspectives on the topic, I think one really big difference is we both graduated drama school Um, where we spent all day every day doing drama and then we came out into the workforce and did, you know, what like a good productive member of society does and got, you know, a job. Um, And that has just massively changed for both of us, our perspectives on time. (laughs) Where before, like, like I kind of said, we felt like we were swimming in these like endless vats of time. Like it was just extending in all directions and that was the scary part of COVID like when was this going to end was this time just going to be forever now it's like we're not swimming in it we're like we've got like a straw at the bottom of a public pool and we're like like climbing <laughs> up any tiny little skerricks of time that we can find to make life happen outside of the practical necessary things yes, um, yeah. so that's a huge change yeah wow okay um, so I guess in terms of 
um, what do you want the audience to know before they turn up to the show? What 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 do you want to tell them about this is this is what you're going to experience? What's your blurb? What's your tagline? Yeah. Um, well, on Motley's website, it's, you know, got the three little description words of absurd, dark humour. So I think those those kind of like give a bit of a hint at the flavour of the show and what they're kind of in for. But our people who have bought tickets as well are also going to receive a survey link. We've got a um, little survey for them to fill out. It's just one kind of simple question. So I guess that kind of doesn't tell them what they're in for, I suppose, but it's us, our little way of saying hi to them before they come into the space. Um, and yeah, I mean, but I kind of like that they're going into it, not knowing exactly what is going to happen. I, what would you say, Claire? I want to tell them that they're going to have so much fun. Like, and I'm not even afraid to oversell that. Like you are just going to have so much fun. Um, and then I would tell them to expect this show to meet them where they're at. Expect to, whatever, whatever you're thinking about, whatever is in your brain when you think about death, we've really tried to think of any way that we can meet you where you're at with that. Yeah, that's what I want them to know. They're going to have a freaking great time and we'll meet them where they are. Okay, and what are the dates? 7th, 8th and 9th of December, um, 8.30pm. It goes for 45 minutes at the Motley Bauhaus in Carlton. So to finish, here's a recap of what you can experience in Melbourne this week. Today is your last chance to see MIWI 3027 playing at La Mama Courthouse. Tickets are available through lamama.com.au. Tonight is also your last chance to see How Do I Let You Die at Arts House. Tickets can be purchased at artshouse.com.au. Currently playing at the Malthouse Theatre is The Hour of the Wolf. The Hour of the Wolf runs through to the 3rd of December and bookings can be made via malthousetheatre.com.au. And who's going to love them? I Am That I Am is on in the Beckett Theatre until the 3rd of December as well. Tickets through malthousetheatre.com.au. The other film festival, Resistance, is running at Acme through to 7th of December. Find out more at artsaccess.com.au or visit cinema3.acme.net.au. Mamma Mia! The Musical is playing at the Princess Theatre until the 10th of December. Tickets via marinagroup.com.au. And Santa Claus is here and is sticking around at the Burnley Oval until the 24th of December. Tickets can be purchased at ticketmaster.com.au or call 0474 220050. What Did She Do is created by myself, Samsara, and drops every Sunday. Also, if you like a bit of audio fiction in your podcast mix, you can check out my other podcast, Samsara's Dramas, scripts straight from my pen to your ears via an amazing ensemble of actors. Let's catch up again next week. What Did She Do?